watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit it in. Gregory's touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, the Carol Heard. Heard where? Heard on 96.5 FM. Heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing on the ESPN app. Would you like another demonstration of how to find the ESPN app as we did yesterday on the show? Nah, you got it by now. You just find... Uh, the live radio feature on the ESPN app. We are listed there. You push it, and uh, that's it. Nice and easy. In the time it took me to explain it to you, you probably already started listening on the ESPN app wherever you are, which is a beautiful thing. Maybe you're out Christmas shopping because there's 10 days, kids, 10 days until Christmas, or as I like to call it, thank God for gift cards. How's everybody doing on this Wednesday? Let's rock and roll do this thing. Here's how you can make yourself a part of the program. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, or the live chat at QSportsTalk.com as we will dig in deep here on signing day. What's that? What's QSportsTalk.com? Come on, people. Do we have to – do you want to be last in line at, at the party to join this? There's always a few holdouts, right? There's always that guy that's like, well, I've got my flip phone here, and it, uh, it, it works just fine. Yeah, that, that's great, Grandpa, but come on. you got to get with the times here, right? QSportsTalk.com is an amazing website where you go to, be it on your phone or on your laptop or your iPad or whatever the case may be. If you've got, like, one of those old Apple computers from, like, the 80s, don't know if you can get there through that, but give it a try. See what happens. QSportsTalk.com, where you can see the show. Hello, friends. You can chat throughout the show. Opine as much as you'd like on the things we're discussing, or you guys just have your own conversation in the chat. That's the beauty of it, man. You can do what you want, when you want, in the chat. It's the Internet, after all. And even during radio uh, commercial breaks, we hang with you in the chat, have different conversations uh, during breaks, and just kind of keep the mics on and keep it rolling. So now you know, and no one's half the battle. Now it's on you, friends. I've led the horse to water. Now you must drink. QSportsTalk.com. Mike McAllister will join us today because it's signing day. And it's tradition when it's signing day that Mike hops on the show and tells us all about the latest class for Syracuse. Now, as we'll get into here as the show goes along, it's kind of a different thing. It's a fragmented thing. Early signing days kind of become signing day, but there's still another signing day. And then, of course, there's the transfer portal. And how does all that mix in? We'll listen into a few things that Dino Babers had to say today at a little press gathering uh, to discuss 
the class of 2022, but Mike knows these players. He talks to these players. He's been scouting them all along and can give us the skinny on what exactly Syracuse is getting. 12 new Syracuse Orange officially introduced today and all officially signed on the dotted line. Big happenings in the world of signing day. If you've been following, of course, what's going on with Deion Sanders and company, just an incredible story as we will get into uh, so we'll uh, dive into signing day with Mike McAllister, talk some hoops with Mike as well, and uh, recruiting never stops, right? You got this class, but we're already thinking about the next one. That's how it goes. So Mike will fill us in on all that to come in the uh, hot takes today. Steph Curry, as you know, is now the three-point champ, and uh, Tommy Hogan, esteemed producer of this program, will know that a very prominent voice, a voice I respect greatly, probably no voice I respect more than this, has echoed the sentiment proposed by one Tommy Hogan. And that is, is Steph Curry really good for basketball? I rather enjoyed this take from said individual, who we will play it back from in hot takes. Are we validating a Tommy hot take today? How about that? Uh, COVID is hitting sports hard again. And how are they going to handle this the second time around? Because, folks, inevitably it's going to trickle its way down here. It is hitting professional sports very hard. As a matter of fact, Syracuse is scheduled to play Cornell on December 21st. Cornell canceled a home game on Sunday. And I don't want to get into whether they made the right or wrong decision on that. See, when you bring up COVID issues these days, people immediately go to their corners and I'm not here to have that discussion. I'm here. I'm not here to tell you what to do, how to do it. But it's still a discussion that's going to affect sports. For a while there, it didn't. We had a nice break, but guess what? It's back. But how do we handle it the second time around, if you will? This kind of business as usual. And I'm asking that rhetorically. I'm not asking for your opinion on that because there is no- nothing more polarizing these days than that. But I think it's something that at least needs to be discussed, and we will do that during Hot Takes. As mentioned, Dino hit the podium today, so we'll recap a lot of what he had to say. But you can look at signing day, which is today, one of two ways, right? It's everything or it's nothing. There's really no in-between there. Everybody knows that signing day is important, okay? Everybody knows that you got to recruit. Even with the advent of the transfer portal, recruiting is still the foundation on what you, you rest on because these are the players that commit to you, that want to come to you. Recruiting in the transfer portal It's more of a business transaction. It's about playing time. When you recruit, there's more to it. You can still sell everything that is involved, in this case, of coming to Syracuse University. And how you have to do this in the modern era that is moving so fast and changing seemingly by the minute here is what makes this whole thing fascinating. Case in point, the number one recruit in college football sent shockwaves, and I say that even lightly, given how quickly we absorb so-called different lines of thinking and shocking things, but this is still pretty eyebrow-raising. So for those of you that haven't seen, Travis Hunter is the number one recruit in college basketball. He is a cornerback that is committed, we at least we thought, to Florida State. Right, So at one point, inevitably, Syracuse would be facing one Travis Hunter. Some rumble started to build today that Deion Sanders had swooped in and flipped Travis Hunter to
to Jackson State. Remember, Dion is now coaching at Jackson State. A program, by the way, he led to an 11-1 season this year. Deion Sanders, once in a while, gets headlines for doing things completely different. Which, by the way, if you're the head coach at Jackson State, you better be doing things completely different. It was a smart hire the minute they did it, right? Deion gets a lot of headlines for things he recently had. Guys, you can help me out with this. Help Grandpa with this, I believe she's a Instagram influencer of some sort, right? And she came and she spoke to the team about the strategy of when someone, and I'm quoting here, basically when someone like me gets in your DMs and how you handle that and everybody was saw that and just went absolutely bonkers, right? But if you're Deion Sanders, that's what you do. Deion Sanders made a deal with Barstool Sports in a number of ways. If you're at Jackson State and you're trying to cut above the fray and trying to compete with the Alabamas and the Clemsons and, in this case, the Florida States of the world, you can't run on the same treadmill. you got to find a different way. So today, Travis Hunter and what we have become accustomed to, right, the, the hat press conference, goes to the hat press conference and does this thing, put on a few hats, no, not this one, threw it down, threw it down, and then surprised everybody by committing to Jackson State. Now, this is just stone cold because Deion Sanders, folks, is a Florida State alum, and he moved in, and he got their number one recruit. They just gave in what I thought was a pretty surprising move coming off a five and seven season, by the way. This might ring a little bit for some Syracuse football fans observing this. Mike Norville just got a contract extension at Florida State. They were expected to fire him. They did not. They gave him an extension. So how'd you like to be him? On the day you think you're bringing in the number one overall recruit in the country, that's your selling point. Why are we keeping this man as our head coach? That's at the top of the list. And Deion Sanders, it reminds me of uh, that great movie, What About Bob? You know, the Gutmans. And they're talking about Dr. Marvin, Dr. Leo Marvin. And he swooped in with his bag full of money and he stole our dream house. Right? Well, that's what Deion Sanders did today. So you don't want to be Mike Norville of Florida State. So signing day is everything to a place like Jackson State. And Deion Sanders is trying to do everything he possibly can to stand out. And he's checking a lot of the boxes. They're doing things differently. They're getting headlines. They're going viral. You know, going viral on social media is not everything. You got to remember, there's still a large percentage of the U.S. population that even if they're on social media, they don't check it as frequently as you think they do, particularly Twitter. But Instagram, Twitter, Snapface, and all those things, I'm saying that facetiously, of course, it's Snapchat, but what does is, what is Bill Belichick call it, the Snapface? Draw a line at a certain generation. They're on it all the time. They live on it. That is how they see the world. And if you're recruiting 16, 17-year-old kids, that's where you've got to thrive, right? So that brings me to Syracuse. It was kind of a quiet signing day for Syracuse. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. Where Syracuse does, and I do not hesitate to use this word, I think they do an excellent job. Shout out to uh, Bus, the art guy on Twitter, and our friend Chris Carlson did a terrific piece about him. He's a local kid, by the way, who creates these excellent 
in this case, he did movie posters, right? But when they announce the commitments via Twitter, via social media, there's great videos they put together, and there's terrific artwork that they do. In this case, they did different movie posters for each of the incoming recruits. So well done, and that's big. You may not care about that, but you don't matter in that conversation. If you're a fan looking at this saying, I'm, I'm waiting for like the big buzz, the big jolt from signing day, and you're not on social media, you're not going to get it. Now, you have to hit all avenues here. You can't live on social media entirely, but it's important to win there. It's important to win in that demographic you're trying to attract to your school. Now, we'll play the clips as we go here, all right? But I asked Dino about this today. I was curious what kind of conversations they're having on the recruiting trail about name, image, and likeness, about the transfer portal, about what makes Syracuse University stand out amongst all these schools that you are recruiting. I think Dino actually made a pretty good point when he said, look, if we're talking to a recruit, and we're in their house, or we're at the very least on their list, they're interested in us too. It's a two-way road. You have to prioritize your time, your resources, and who you legitimately can get and build from there. So Jackson State and some other schools out there that are having splashy big-time ceremonies and press conferences to the nines are doing it one way. Syracuse looks at it another way and saying that, you know what, they're not even done here. They're still working on this. This is only part of the process. Dino even, he, he didn't even come in, and usually a coach comes in there and tells you why this is the greatest class of all time. And I actually give Dino credit for not doing this. He just kind of came in and said, all right, who's got some questions, right? Because you don't want to oversell it. You want to, the message to everybody to be, yeah, you can come here and you can earn this. Deion Sanders went the other way. Right when you got the number one recruit in the country, you know I'm sure if D, if uh, Dino had the number one recruit in the country, there, there'd be you know there'd be air horns in the press conference, right? But things happen one of two ways: it's everything or it's nothing. By the way, here is that pitch as Dino was asked, as one would on a signing day, about what makes Syracuse stand out. Most of them already want to come here, but again, you you guys. We've got something that's special. We've got something that's extremely unique. I mean, this education is no joke. It really is. And I think that these players come here for the education. I think they come here for the dome experience. They see the crowds. They know that the community and the student body is involved. And I think they like some of the coaches in the room as well. One more. We'll, we'll get into more clips from Dino on the other side of this break. But one more that I wanted to play here while we're having this conversation is th this is how you reload a team in 2021. When your team is locked in. Oh, I'm sorry. We skipped to the end of that. Here it is. There's four stages of process to reloading your football team. You have the signing date, which is happening today, which I hope we get a chance to talk about. You have a transfer portal. And then you have the signing date on the uh, February uh, first Wednesday, okay, in uh, February. And then you have the uh, transfer portal after spring ball. And then it locks up and your team is locked in. The transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, the new way. You can either embrace it or you can complain about it. 
while Syracuse has embraced it and certainly will offer those same opportunities that are out there, you can tell how some coaches are annoyed by it and are dealing with it because they have to, and those that are dealing with it because that's the way it is, and this is how I do my job now, right? The longer you've been around, and I wouldn't speak for Dino here. He certainly has every opportunity to explain that himself, as he did at the press conference. We'll play the clips here, but I've not really got the impression that he's somebody that's embracing it. It's my read. It's my impression. I could be wrong here, that he's just kind of dealing with it, particularly the transfer portal, because Syracuse is still pacing the country in terms of number of players that have left the program since the start of training camp. So that's why I kind of appreciated the mentality and the attitude that Dino had today about we're not done. Like nobody's coming in here and celebrating it. Welcome in these 12 players that Syracuse has, but we've got a lot more work to do right now. Little side note there. I asked Dino about the offensive coordinator and he didn't have much to say, but here's what he did. We're looking for a coordinator that can score points and we're going to be going through our process where it's a process that we don't want to rush when we get the right person. We will let you guys know as fast as possible. I would imagine that's going to be by the end of this week. We're going to know who that person is. It is my understanding that they know who their offensive coordinator is. They have picked their man. It's just a matter of, you know, dot and I's, cross and T's, the whole thing. I actually kind of thought we'd get an indication on that today, but they're not quite ready to announce these things. It's got to go through the process, and and it got to officially, officially sign people and all those things. But I would imagine by the end of this week we're going to know, and, and I think that's kind of important, particularly for the portal. It's not as important when it comes to recruiting because a lot of those players you were already in on and kind of understand what Syracuse is and what the adjustments are. There were more defensive players in this particular class than offensive players, seven on defense, four on offense, uh, one on special teams, who, by the way, is one heck of a pickup for Syracuse, as Mike McAllister will tell us later a punter from Wagga Wagga South Wales. Now that's got to be a fun place to live, and I will not accept any other answer. If you're from Wagga Wagga South Wales, that is amazing. It's everything or it's nothing. That's signing day. And if you're Syracuse, I kind of wonder which one you think it is. And on that note, we will break. We will come back, and you will hear more from the voice of the head coach on a number of things signing day-wise. But there was a lot of questions about transfer portal. There was a lot of questions about state of the program. There's a lot of questions about transactions and kind of that world we're in today. So you will hear some of those clips coming up. We'll hear from Mike McAllister at 5.05-ish in hour number two to get a breakdown of this class and kind of where Syracuse goes from here and now how they balance the portal. Only 12 players in this class, and that is certainly by design in a number of ways. So we'll get Mike's take on that, certainly get some uh, hoops thoughts from Mike as well, but we'll focus on uh, football with it being signing day. You know, basketball's got a week off. They play Lehigh on Saturday. I would imagine that's a game uh, they would win if they just remember what time to show up, but always got to get some hoops thoughts in there as well. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Adams. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. The Del Lago Resort and Casino happenings are happening. So many happenings. 
Uh, the Vine Showroom uh, being one at Del Lago, where you can see mega stars like Sublime, favorites like Scotty McCreary, Breaking Benjamin, Boys to Men, and more. Your show is waiting for you at the Vine. Full lineup and tickets on sale now at DelLagoResort.com. That is a great way to take care of your holiday shopping. Just get on the site, look at the shows. There's bound to be a show for whoever you're shopping for. Bing, bang, boom. Pick up the tickets and go. You can also, uh, while you're there, if you're physically there, of course, stop by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago, featuring over 1,000 square feet of LED screens, drink specials, and so much more. Feel the excitement of the game in a whole new way. You're winning tickets at Del Lago Resort and Casino, a short drive to New York State Thruways. Exit 41. All right, let's dig in a little bit on what uh, Dino had to say about signing day today. And again, I've always been interested in, in kind of the approach of signing day through the years. Sometimes it's a big to-do, and you know they have season ticket holders there and make a big deal out of it and kind of glad hand and let's have a party or some years it's just here's the class have a nice day we're going back to work right kind of depends on the feel of it the tone of it again signing day has changed it used to be one day you could build up to it now it's two days now the portal's in there and you got to look at it this way do you want your coach i'm asking this rhetorically do you want your coach grinding or glad handing right and they got to grind right now. They got to find some more coaches. They got to find an offensive coordinator. They've got to lock down what they have for this class, start looking ahead to the next one. And of course, the ever evolving, ever changing transfer portal. But here's what Dino said today about this class, but also the issues surrounding college football. Now, I asked him. What are the conversations like when it comes to name, image, and likeness and transfer portal and just kind of where we're at in the sport? Now, I was getting no no questions about the transfer portal in everybody's home, and very seldom the name, image, and likeness came up. But when it comes up to name, image, and likeness, I think once again, everybody that's done exciting things here on the football field to, to get noticed has been rewarded with name, image, and likeness. There are opportunities there, and I think coaches have to be careful about this. Certainly Deion Sanders took one approach, right? At Syracuse, you've got to be careful because, remember, name, image, and likeness does not come through the school. It's not like, okay, come to Syracuse and we'll give you the following opportunities. No, you come to Syracuse, and by virtue of standing out on the field one way or the other, you'll get those opportunities. We are right in the midst of that here in that if you are Buddy Beheim, if you are Jimmy Beheim, if you are Cole Swider, if you are certain players of a certain status, we here at Galaxy Media will pay you to come on the radio station to do shows on QSportsTalk.com, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's name, image, and likeness. We do that ourselves. Now, by virtue of being a Syracuse University athlete, it provides you the platform to get those NIL deals, to get, in Buddy's case, for example, commercials, Beacon Skiff, the serial commercial, everything, right? So I get what Dino's saying there, right? If you come here and you stand out, those opportunities will come, right? But if I'm a player who's got options, I got to say, well, what are my opportunities to stand out, right? Like it's more of a negotiation these days, even if you're a recruit. If you're in the transfer portal, they've got so much more leverage because you know what your stats are. You know how good of a player you are. You know the other schools that want you, what they're promising, and they're they're leading you to water a little closer than a recruit. So I thought that was an interesting answer from Dino there. 
I'm sure they're saying, hey, come here, stand out, and, and you'll, the NIL opportunities will come. But we're still in the Wild West here, right? You can't offer them directly. It's not like there's a bank account at Syracuse like, yeah, we'll pay you this much. But, again, look around. Look at what Deion Sanders did today. I'm sure very heavily imply, like, you know, we've got a big deal with Barstool Sports, and just saying that uh, if you come here, we'll make that happen for you. Uh, Dino here on the four stages of reloading your team. Here's what he said. There's four stages of process to reloading your football team. You have the signing day, which is happening today, which I hope we get a chance to talk about. You have a transfer portal, and then you have the signing date on the uh, – February, uh, first Wednesday, okay, in uh, February, and then you have the uh, transfer portal after spring ball, and then it locks up and your team is locked in. So it's, it's you're always recruiting, right? But now signing day is locked in at least till the next one. You got to hit the portal hard. Then you got to get that next signing day ready, and hopefully by the time spring ball comes, you have somewhat of a resemblance of what your roster is. But Nate Mink actually asked a good question about this today, about that process and knowing what your roster is at this point. Syracuse is down 20 guys. Will they have time? Will they get the commitments? Will they get enough players? Making the portal work for you is now a priority, right? To have a roster that's suitable for spring practice. On that note, Dino, on recruiting and basically saying we're about halfway home. I'd say we're halfway done. You know, we're halfway done, but and only half the work is done. We've got a lot, of, a lot more work to do. And uh, I appreciate the work that these coaches have done in this back room. I appreciate them very much. Recruiting has never changed from the beginning. Even though the rules have changed, recruiting's never changed. For us to be able to bring 12 athletes like this into Syracuse, that means they've spent a lot of time away from their families, okay? Especially when the COVID rules changed and you're back in airports, you're back in airplanes, you're all over the country, meeting hands, talking to people, home visits, school visits. And, uh, you know, back in the game of getting these young people and, and taking Syracuse to them wherever they're at and giving them an opportunity to come and visit and maybe inking the paper and saying yes to Syracuse. So there's a lot of time, you know, a lot of money invested in this, and uh, hopefully it'll pay off. One thing I was pretty curious about was the number. Are you kind of holding back for the transfer portal? There's an obvious strategy here. So I asked about... The number they had, now I misspoke and said 11. My apologies for that. It was 12 at the time, and Syracuse has actually added a 13th player to the mix. As uh, Stephen Bailey uh, notes here, Syracuse gets a late signing day addition and Georgia linebacker Caden Bailey, who chose Syracuse over Kansas State. So uh, as the day goes along, Syracuse adds a player, so that's now an eighth player on defense that Syracuse adds to this class of now 13 players. Here's what Dino said when asked about the number they ended up on, which, again, has even added a player since then. No, I think that we tried to go after certain positions. It was We felt comfortable with that number, and I think it gives us enough breathing room in the back end to continue to grow this class. A little bit more on how this class was kind of locked in. They made some changes on the coaching staff, as we know. Some spots they still have to fill on the coaching staff, and Dino did – I discussed the special teams coordinator they hired, and we'll play that clip for you coming up here. But just a little bit on that, how this class was pretty much locked in even after the changes came about. Oh, here it is. You know, when it comes to this class, this class was basically locked in before, before the season was over. 
Okay, so I don't think that had any effect at all. I thought this was an interesting thing, again, as it kind of bounced back and forth between recruiting and the transfer portal, right? So 20 players plus that have left the team since the start of training camp. And again, to be fair, there's a number of these players that didn't play a lot, that have been gone for a while, that just left the team for whatever reasons. They had one transfer come in, was there for five minutes and left, right, during training camp. It's just the way it goes in that sense. But this was an interesting number that Dino really leaned on. And, you know, let's play. Out of 22 starters, 17 of our starters are here with us right now. Out of the five they're not, four of them, ex- they expired all their eligibility. They stayed here as long as they could possibly stay here based off of NC2A rules. So technically we only lost one starter. I think that the guys that, want, that are playing football here really enjoy playing football here. I think that half of those guys in the portal had their Syracuse degrees. They have their degrees already. When a young man comes here and goes to school and gets a Syracuse degree, they're entitled to do whatever they would like to do for the rest of their lives. And then for the other seven guys, you can figure it out. So you can kind of twist the numbers around. You can spin it that way. You could say, look, we've lost this number of players, but 17 of our 22 starters are returning. You can also look at it as a, a quality over quantity type of thing. You lost who was supposed to be essentially, to use a, a pro term in college, your franchise quarterback who went to Illinois. You lost a terrific pass-catching tight end who was just misused by the staff, and I'll continue to maintain that unless proven otherwise. You lost a wide receiver who, if you just had any resemblance of a passing game, which is what he was sold on coming here in Taj Harris, and look, Taj had other issues. It wasn't just a playing time thing. You know, he kind of towed the line, and maybe it was better everybody went their separate ways in that. But 17 of 22 starters, he mentioned the eligibility that expired for a lot of those guys. That's still, you're holding the line pretty well there. 17 starter-level players. Does it completely erase the perception of losing 20 to the portal? And again, even if you chip away a few names there, that's a significant number. Syracuse is far from the only program that's got a number of players in the teens in the portal, right? Everybody's dealing with the same thing, but if you're going to bring back quality, 17 out of 22 right now, not a bad list. Uh, Not that I think this needed to be confirmed, but he confirmed anyway. Yeah, Sean's going to be back here. And that's, of course, Sean Tucker who will be returning next season, officially official, I guess, in that sense. I was curious about this. It was noted here that every signee that Syracuse brought in was a team captain for their high school football program. And I wanted to know if that was kind of a prerequisite to Syracuse even recruit players if they're not captains. It's just something that's on the characteristic things that you look for. Normally captains are extreme, have leadership qualities. They have the ability to tell people the truth. And uh, they have a huge will to win. And throw in they're usually extremely unselfish. There really weren't a lot of questions about individual players. But there was one player in particular asked about, LaQuint Allen, running back from New Jersey, who kind of falls in that six-hour window you want to thrive in, in a recruiting sense. And here's what Dino said about him. I love LaQuint. I love him as a person. I love his family. Can he be another Sean Tucker? When we recruited Sean Tucker, we didn't think Sean Tucker was a LaQuint. You know, we just thought he was another three-star guy that blah, blah, that we got stuck with and we've got the worst recruiting class in, you know, in the ACC. So I don't, LaQuint has, he's coming out with a lot more stars and juice and we think he's good, but he's still got to come in and 
improve it, you know, at a collegiate level. We think he's good, but we thought Sean was good too, even though some other people didn't. It's a very interesting uh, comparison there. Sean Tucker wasn't Sean Tucker when they brought in, and he ended up being Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker is actually like the consummate story of what recruiting is all about. You found a three-star gem that not a lot of other people were were buzzing about. Comes in, becomes one of the best running backs in the country. That's something you should be screaming from the rooftops about, right? So Dino still takes the cautious approach there and says, we think he's good. He could be the next guy. But he's got to prove it. He's got to earn it, which, again, I think there's a little hesitation there. You, know, you never want to come up on signing day and be like, are you kidding me? Yes, that dude's the next Sean Tucker and then have it bite you square in the behind a couple of years from now if he transfers or whatever the case may be. So I get the hesitation there, but it's also a great point. No one, to my knowledge, you could pull it up if I'm wrong here, said, oh, man, Sean Tucker, let me tell you something. That's a huge, huge gain right there. Not only that guy got a lot of upside, he's going to be one of the best running backs in the country. And even if he did say that, even if Mike McAllister came on the show signing day two years ago and say that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll see, right? We associate so much of this with stars and profiles, and there's a certain cutoff there. Are you a top 100 player, right? Are you a five-star guy and, and the expectations that come with that? You do have to give credit where it's due. Sean Tucker fits that profile. Deuce Chestnut fits that profile. He came in pretty, you know, pretty significantly rated. He was a four-star guy, according to some services, and he popped off the page. A lot of people said he was really good and just kind of held the line there. Maybe people didn't anticipate he'd make the immediate impact that he did as a player. By the way, as Mike will tell us later, Deuce was uh, directly responsible for bringing in a player that he was a teammate with, and uh, Deuce kind of helped flip him over to Syracuse. So recruits uh, doing the recruiting for you here, right? Dino asked something pretty simple here as we kind of look out there in the world and how it is and getting back on the road. I like to call it Christmas tree season. You know, you see the coaches posing with the recruits, usually by the Christmas tree, but being back in home, a lot of value to that. I think when you go into a parent's, I mean, into a fam, a player's home, you get to know the mom, the dad, the brothers and sisters, and you know the environment that it comes from. I think it helps you in how you help to develop him and how you relate to him while he's here at Syracuse. A little bit more on recruiting, including the geography coverage map, if you will, Syracuse wants to hear. I think the biggest thing is when you bring in the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of New Jersey, I think once again, We've always talked about that we want to spiral graph from Syracuse out. We want to get guys as close as we can to us. But it's really important that the people that we recruit, not only in the state of New York and New Jersey and other neighboring states, they have an opportunity to play. When I came here, we had a, we had a bunch of guys that were on our football team, but they, they didn't participate in the games, even though they were local. I want to recruit local guys that have an opportunity to show up and be some of the leaders and stars on this football team. So we want the best players that we can get from as many close states as we can, preferably New York, New Jersey, states that are close and bordering us. So on that note, three from Florida, two from New Jersey, one each from Maryland, Michigan, New York. That's Joe Cruz, an offensive lineman from Holbrook, who Mike will tell us about coming up. South Carolina, Wisconsin, Australia, uh, Max von Marburg, a late addition as a punter from Wagga Wagga, South Wales. And that's that sounds like something you, you remember, like those old Looney Tunes cartoons, and they always be like, "I'm from Walla Walla, Washington." 
Wagga Wagga, South Wales. That's just fun to say. By position, four defensive backs, two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a linebacker, a running back, LaQuinn Allen, who we just mentioned there, one receiver, one punter, and now uh, actually make it two linebackers because Syracuse just added one from Georgia late in the day here. So we will continue to break down that class a little bit later on when Mike McAllister joins the show. When we come back, we'll do some hot takes. COVID's back uh, affecting sports in a big way. When will that trickle down to college sports again, and how will they handle it? Plus, Steph Curry, a lot to get into. Is he good for the sport? And there was a very familiar face sitting courtside as he set that NBA record last night. I think you could take a guess who it is. The irony is he was in the Spike Lee seats. We'll tell you about that next. Stay right there.